0: And you're listening to the Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me Galit Gottlieb here to talk about her books, writing, and all things cozy. Galit, would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths? Hi,
1: Snoops and Sleuths. This is Galit. I'm speaking to you from Chicago, but I know Leanna is in Denver and we love Denver. It's a home (laughs) away from home. Anyway, it's a gloomy day, cold and gloomy here in Chicago, but It's cozy and warm where I am in my study, where I do most of my writing. And um, if I look around my room, I have a desk, but it's one of those kind of Murphy beds. So when we have guests, it turns into a Murphy bed. Leanna, I don't know, is this a video that people could see or can they only hear us?
0: It's only going to be audio.
1: (laughs) Uh, So they can't see the crib behind me (laughs) for my baby grandson when he comes to visit. My daughter insisted we get a real full one that can't be tucked away under a bed. So it's sitting out in my study at all times reminding me that we're far away and not watching that baby grow up. oh well it could be worse, right <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think the grandmother's listening can totally are on my side about this.. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so I, uh, I'm i late to the game as a writer, although I was always writing little stories. I always wrote little songs and poems, mostly lyrics. The poems were mostly lyrics for songs. A lot of them had to do uh, with my children when they were growing up. And uh, they did not enjoy my songs about them, but I <laughs> persisted in doing them. They especially hated it when I took a guitar and sang songs about them especially hated it when it was to other people. In any case, <laughs> I don't do that anymore because they're grown and gone. Um, I, I, uh, In a lot of the stories I write, I talk about how I suddenly got diagnosed with cancer in 2014. It was quite a shock because I thought I was so healthy and it was so not fair, but we all know that life happens. And the whole time I was battling cancer, the one thing I wanted to read were Cozy Mysteries. (laughs) And the reason was because my brain was so muddled by all of the treatments and drugs and everything, chemo, cert, uh, all of it. And um, I didn't have, I I couldn't concentrate and I couldn't think clearly. But reading Cozy Mysteries, I thought I was a genius because I could always figure out who did it. know it sounds crazy but you know how in cozy mysteries most of the time the loveliest sweetest kindest nicest friendliest serving person or assistant or that's going to be either the person who gets killed or she's the murderer a vicious pain mm-hmm. backstabbing is the one the author wants you to think is the murderer But there I was completely crazed and tired and I would read these stories and think, I know who did it. And then as the months and years went on, I thought, I can write one, I think. So I started writing. And um, I was still writing two years later. (laughs) They (laughs) take a long time, everyone. because there were so many problems. I kept making silly, you know, um, really rookie mistakes. I just kept making mistakes. And then one day I was reading the Chicago Tribune and I don't get that paper anymore. I don't read the newspaper anymore, actually. If it's not online, too bad. Um, (laughs) And there was an editorial that was so amazing by a woman who recovered from breast cancer. Wow, one of my people. And she um, had a picture of herself in the Chicago Tribune newspaper, standing against a tree and not wearing a shirt. And she was showing the surgery. She only had, not a bilateral, not both, but she had one side, one breast removed. And she had a picture of herself showing it to the whole world. I was so blown away. First of all, Leanna, I would never do that in a billion years. <laughs> I wouldn't show, now these are these are not even mine. I still wouldn't show it to anyone. Um, I thought this woman has so much mox, and it was a beautiful editorial about surviving cancer and her writing. It turns out that she was a, an editor and she taught writing at two of the universities here in Chicago. Northwestern and University of Chicago. And I felt like this is a sign. I just, you know, like snooped her out on Google and everything. And I found her I sent her an email. I sent her an email asking like, hey, do you work with, you know, non-students, non-university students? Do you um, work privately? with? Her? And not only did she work privately, but she also lived like a mile from me. And uh, we started working together, meaning she started meeting with me at a coffee house because um, I write, since I write cozy, like coffee houses are one of my favorite places in the world. And I love being in them and I love trying new ones. You know, when you live in a big city, there's an endless number of them. And We met every week and she would look at my writing and she had a, um, a bunch of pencils and pens and she would take out the red ones and just mark up my hope. Every page had problems. <laughs> No, i was so surprised i thought like she's gonna lo- every week i would go to her and i'd be like she's gonna like this i really fixed it this is gonna work and she'd whip out the red pen and cross off things and she basically over the course of two years taught me the rules there's rules it turns out who knew <laughs> uh.
0: okay am i blabbing too much no no that's a wonderful story and Believe me, I understand the red pen. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. But you got to learn, you know, you just
1: have to learn how to, how to, how to do it. Oh, yeah. Now I write all these little essays that I'm posting on people's as guest blog, guest posts on people's blogs, and that I'm submitting to journals. And I keep on focusing in on mistakes I made that I learned not to do that I find in other, now I'm like a scholar in the field. I'm not, but I still (laughs) like, I did it. So I find those mistakes. Okay, here's one, for example. um, You know how when we're writing all of us and we write a word, like let's say beautiful. And we think like, oh, how many times have I used that? I better use a, a different word. So you look up synonym and you find all the different synonyms for beautiful. And you think like, okay, nice, pretty. To riff, whatever you find them and then you use them one at a time and you're like oh they don't have any more so I better expand my search so I'm reading a book recently and um, somebody described a, a stew I'm talking like beans and meat stew <laughs> as resplendent resplendent, a, wow. resplendent is a, is a, a sunrise over the mountains <laughs> in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. The lake at sunrise in Chicago. It's not a beef stew. Mm, so I'll no. essay <laughs> about it. Cause <laughs> I learned do not look up something in the on the synonyms and assume that it's the appropriate <laughs> one.
0: You know? Right, right. Did you ever do that? Mm, uh, I don't think I've done it, but if i have i apologize to my readers
1: <laughs> well just everybody who's a writer who's listening like note to self don't use silly words to describe <laughs> things that have you know that don't need them don't use yes.
0: fancy words let's say absolutely
1: um yeah so i'm big on now I'm, now that I know so much how to write, now I know how to write. This is my <laughs> third. It took, took me three books, three books, to know how to write, and so now I feel like, aha! I found another flaw. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look for them; they come, they find me.
0: Oh goodness! No matter how many books you write, no matter how many times said books are going to be edited, you are going to find a flaw. Uh Actually, one of the, one of my favorite things to point out is I am a huge fan of uh, Lillian Jackson Braun, the Cat Who books. And in one of the early books, the main character is with his friend and they pull into his friend's garage. Okay. Well, it's supposed to be a one car garage, which is tiny enough. Typo made it a one-ear garage.
1: <laughs> so somebody would have to go in sideways and either their hand on the ground.
0: <laughs> yeah. Very, very tiny garage. <laughs> yeah. oh. That Sorry. was in the, finished, in the finished book. Oh, yeah. That was in a finished professional big big five or however many publishing houses there are. A book.
1: So I don't know what happens when these mistakes suddenly proliferate and just appear all over the place. I recently um, read, I love doing this. I read my second book for an audible and it's just come out. And so I, I had to read, I took a book off my shelf and I actually read a copy of it. So I saw I did find two mistakes in the in the in the you know soft cover book, but that's it. I found two little tiny errors. They were silly, like a repetition of the word "a," that kind of thing. Um, somebody reviewed it that book and said there were so many mistakes in this book; it needed a full editing. I couldn't even get through it. I'm thinking, what book were you reading? <laughs>
0: Right. Sometimes I wonder if they mean to review the book that they reviewed when right. they leave those kind of things. That's right. But what can you do? They they saw something that we didn't, and our editors didn't. So we <laughs>
1: mere mortals missed.
0: Oh yes. I also honestly,
1: uh, this didn't go. honestly.
0: I think. Our readers think we know more about the English language than we actually do.
1: <laughs> it's my native language. I know how to speak it.
0: I try not <laughs> to make mistakes when I'm speaking. Right? It's we right. It. right. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, really, but it's part of writing and we are never perfect. <laughs> so I also just got...
1: Um, a terrible review but it was from one of the a a blog tour so it didn't go live (laughs) I know I watched a bullet there because this this third book Chard is set in 2020 during the height of the COVID pandemic and I was writing about what I was experiencing at the time you know all the parks being closed nowhere to walk they blocked everything you couldn't even get to the lake, so all the people who live in the city had to just kind of walk in the street. They closed sidewalks off too. They didn't want people congregating, and there were no cars. There was so much about it that was stressful. So I wrote the story, of a murder against the backdrop of COVID. Other stuff happens, but COVID is sort of like one of the one of the characters almost. Yeah, this uh, reviewer went off like a tirade a couple like maybe a page that didn't get live about how (laughs) covid was horrible enough to experience and she still wasn't over it and how dare I write during that period of time I'm so glad the tour operator Teddy Rose wonderful black tour operator said maybe we should Maybe just let's skip this one. So,
0: <laughs> well, speaking of your great books, uh, do you have a favorite character in your writing, or would you get in trouble with your other characters?
1: Oh, it's tricky, but nobody could be angry with him. Partial to my protagonist, Dad, <laughs> because because I will say this, so I started writing in uh, 2016. The book came out in 2019. And I just wanna add, because it's a fun fact, that the reason I was able to get published after receiving nearly 100 rejections from agents is I submitted my manuscript to one of those online competitions and I won a publishing contract. Who I wanted to go buy a lotto ticket after that because what I won something anything I've never won anything. My sister once won a washing machine. I was so jealous. This is better <laughs> than a washing machine, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, so I started in 2016. Got published in 2020, and then in um, 2019, the second book was coming out in 2000. 21 but I started the third one in 2020 it was such an awful time there was nothing to do nowhere to go we couldn't see our kids who lived in another you know lived in Denver and we uh, couldn't travel and then um, my dad was dying and we couldn't see him we could only drive um, up there and if this if the weather was nice enough and my mother had the strength to wheel him, to the window, we would have to walk around the building and stand and they're on the third floor and he could wave and that was it. That was, I wasn't able to see him or hold his hand and Cal for me was a stand-in for my dad. And so I gave him my dad's sense of humor and the little silly jokes and the quotations of Benjamin Franklin. And um, my dad was a little bit, political though and (laughs) didn't stop talking about that mine his nickname for me was you liberals (laughs) (laughs) um so but that was a really difficult summer so it was fun for me to start writing this story that is that turned into chard about a family struggling through and the dad isn't well um yeah, it was fun for me, and I don't regret it for a second.
0: Good for you, and I loved the opening scene of Chard. It was, oh. it really drew you in, and you're like, wow, what's going on here? And and yeah, I could relate to a lot of it, because it made me remember 2020, but it was in a good way. <laughs>
1: Right. How did you like my idea for cookies against COVID? Oh,
0: that was <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was good. That was good.
1: <laughs> well, I love that character too. Ali is a special character that he's just like so fun and um so just so many different things. He really is. I don't know what it's called in literature when you have a character. It's almost like the jester, but he's also He comes up, he's also something else. He comes up with ideas that make a difference. (laughs) Right?
0: Right, right. He is a great character.
1: (laughs) There were also critics who um, didn't understand the part about the speakeasy and prohibition. So (sighs) let me take an opportunity to say, uh, the reason that happened is because we went to a friend's for dinner and um, she wanted to give us a tour of her new apartment and she pointed out where, the, where she parked her car was where during prohibition, that time of uh, the 18th amendment that prohibited the sale and transport of alcohol. So um, the mob and all kinds of other illegal people uh, built these speakeasies where people would drink because we've learned in our society when government makes laws about what we can't do, then that's what we wanna do right, right. So, so people were drinking anyway and it was illegal and the mob controlled the distribution and transport since the government couldn't just like what's happening with marijuana you know now the government is um getting tax dollars for it we used to joke about it in the 70s like one day we're going to be able to go to Walgreens and say I'll have a nickel bag please and they'll sell us the nickel bag it'll probably be six dollars by then that was so that was our thinking like really it's only gonna be six dollars by then plus tax <laughs> we thought wow and then we'd laugh about it like come on not gonna happen anyway mm. uh, yes I enjoyed that opening scene too yeah I like the scenes that made me laugh and my husband said that uh, I would come out for dinner he'd be like there was a lot of giggling happening <laughs> yeah i crack myself up and then i think i'd be i'd wonder like would anybody else think it was
0: funny i don't know and I, I know the feeling i know the feeling with with my own writing um i i enjoy putting like easter eggs of things I'm a fan of into my works I oh. love old black and white movies so I have a character my main character actually who can quote old movies at the drop of a hat and like um there's a scene where she's talking with her friend who's helping her convert her childhood home into an inn cause she lives on a ranch and you know, any other form of income to help keep the ranch going, much appreciated. Well, her friend makes a suggestion and she is like, okay, how much is that going to cost? Her friend goes like, let me put this to you in the term of your favorite Christmas movie, somewhere between ouch and boing. (laughs) So that means you know all these quotations off the top of your head. Okay. off the top of my head yes but i could never pull them out in the right circumstance <laughs> uh,
1: but your characters can
0: oh yes i am just waiting for the moment where she can use one of my all-time favorite lines from a movie called the women it okay. was made in 1939 it's got uh norma Shearer and joan crawford i think acting against each other who were big studio rivals at the time sorry for a little Hollywood history snoops and sleuths you're not here for that but <laughs> anyway um, Joan Crawford has a line at the end that says by the way there's a name for you ladies but it isn't used in high society outside of a kennel
1: <laughs> oh good
0: one <laughs> and I oh. so want to find a place for Sabia to use a line like that <laughs>
1: Well, you're going to have to gather a, you know, some women together and they mm-hmm. can't be really lovely women. They have to be, or they have to be outwardly lovely. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Can you have, arrange a Mahjong game? <laughs> uh, Sabia's a little young for Mahjong. <laughs>
0: She's What's in her
1: young- third. Huh? So what do young women do? What would they be doing together aside from drinking at a bar?
0: <laughs> well, in... Sabia's case it'd probably be well she wouldn't say it to some in guests but possibly I don't know but I will find a way to use that's it that's your challenge
1: <laughs> you're gonna have to figure yes. it out I love the idea that's such a cool idea once you write it in a book then is it at the tip of your tongue <laughs> uh sometimes say <laughs> between ouch and boy without thinking about it
0: right yeah right that
1: could be your opening welcome to the snoops and sleuths <laughs> or your party. Oh. May you all <laughs> <laughs> can you buy between ouch and bang.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness. We have to get back to the interview because we're starting to run the oh. on time. So how can my snoops and sleuths follow you because you're so much fun. I'm sure they're um, going to want to follow your books. Anyway. thank you.
1: So I'm I go I'm on um, my website is com, and I write lots of snarky essays because I have something to say about many things as you know. <laughs> and I love chatting. I, one of my favorite things is being with a group of women and talking. Right? But hey. I then in my 30s, too, I loved gathering with women, going out for lunch. I wanted to be a lady who lunched, <laughs> but I was having babies then.
0: Uh. So
1: I was <laughs> a lady. I was not a lady who lunched, I was a lady who changed diapers. <laughs> no, but you could have your group of women do that, women going out to lunch or going out for drinks at the end of the day. Yeah. Good. Okay. Anyway, so yes, I'm on that. <laughs> I'm on Facebook, also GP Gottlieb and i'm on instagram and and uh twitter and i wish i had the courage to be on tiktok because apparently that's the thing but if i ever tried to do it my kids would be so irritated they're already (laughs) irritated the way i use instagram because apparently you're not supposed to put the the link or something because you can't you have to say see link in bio took me three years to figure that one out but (laughs) <laughs> but still, I'm on it and on Instagram I post pictures of my vegetable my weekly vegetable planner, which I am tremendously entertained by it might not be as fun for everybody else to- but you know what a planner of vegetables could be really beautiful I think it's like a work of art you're gonna argue with me oh well <laughs> you agree beautiful vegetables yes um, but all the color and vegetables that no, and you'd be surprised with how many different ones you could do i've been doing them for years now every week something complete <laughs> um yeah so those are the places i am and i love appearing on people i love like visiting with other authors and i am so amazed by authors who help authors like you do i try to in a different way i because I'm host for New Books and Literature, which is a podcast channel on the New Books Network, but I only get to read literary fiction, which I love. And um, only now and then can I add in a, a mystery author, you know, the kind who write in a literary way, which means that it's character-driven, not plot-driven. Yeah. Most of the have to be plot-driven.
0: So that's well, it. That's awesome. And I'll make sure to put the links in the show's notes. Thank you so much. And thank you for inviting me to join you today. Well, I've had so much fun talking with you. And this really was like a chat. I loved it. So what's one complaint your characters would have about you as an author?
1: Mm. I think it's all just like how much they I make them talk all the time. Most <laughs> <because> people don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's great! Oh, well, I am so sad that I'm so quickly running out of time. I've had so much fun talking with you. <laughs> Me too.
1: Thanks, Liana.
0: Well, Snips and Sleuths, you've heard another great show here on the Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my patrons for their help, and I'd like to, and I'd like to suggest that if you want to hear cozy mysteries. Read by live actors, check out the Cozy Mystery Rat's Maze, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, Keep cozy. Mm-hmm.